Hello? Hi there. My mic just tipped over and I hadn't had it turned on. And yes, welcome to another scintillating professional podcast from Gary Rogowski. Thank you for joining me on Splinters. You know, I just feel like leaving this in today because it's just indicative of how things have been going. So welcome to a real opening of Splinters as we stumble to the starting line. Good God, uh, perfection is a killer. And uh, I've been trying all my life to be perfect, and I haven't gotten there yet. I'm giving up. I told uh, a new friend, Joseph or Joe, that uh, I tell my students this. Don't design your best piece ever, because you'll, you'll kill yourself with that. Design your second best piece ever. So set your sights very, very high, but not perfect. Don't go for perfect. It's too difficult while you're learning this stuff to be perfect in it. And then when you get good at it, you realize that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. No one sees the mistakes like you do. They just, their eyes just go right by them. I'm not, I'm not talking about being sloppy. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about doing excellent work. What's the saying about uh, manufacturing in Germany? Uh, no, in Japan, they strive for perfection. In Germany, they strive for excellence. And in the U.S., we're, you know, it's like oh, good enough. So I'm, I'm trying to do better than, than good enough. And perfection is one of those things that can get in your way. That's all I mean to say by this. So anyway, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to continue with a chapter in my book called Stuck, Freeing Your Creativity. I don't know when it's going to come out. I'm, I'm working uh, working on it now, but I wanted to start uh, giving you some snippets and thoughts from it. So here goes a chapter entitled Something Useless and Beautiful. Creativity is something useless and beautiful that feeds our soul. You cannot eat the idea of it. The sick will not be healed by its thought. This musing does not fuel a conveyance nor drive a tractor in the fields. It does not produce a new fruit, nor will it make a good wine. It will not pay your bills, do the laundry for you, or make you thinner. It will not produce an application that you can sell and retire upon, nor will it program your device to make a game even faster. It will not demystify your life. Yet, it is a simple one. Create. Learn to create, and thereby expand your world. Practice being creative to stimulate your own curiosity. Give yourself permission. Make time in your life to be creative and your sense of fulfillment will grow. It's really that simple. Learn how to form work out of your own mind and hands that will have a positive impact on your life and on the world around you. And this idea will help to make you whole again. And from that result, many good things will unfold. It's that simple. Perhaps it can even help you do all those things I mentioned earlier. Now, creativity is not a requirement of living. It, it feels sinful some days to not be productive in a normal fashion. I used to feel guilty taking an afternoon off in the middle of the week. <clears throat> the rest of the world was out there hustling and striving and bustling and getting work done, and I was taking a hike. And that was a good thing. To be creating something small and insignificant to anyone 
beautiful to me is productive. It helps me to make things that are beautiful. It satisfies a need to see and to experience and to create this beauty in our world. And beauty, howsoever you define it, however ugly or fetching or curious you make it, is what we require more than ever in this parlous time to stay centered. In this fractious, overburdened community of billions of people, we need that spark of creativity to keep us on track in our racked world and the din of voices and the surfeit of words and images that bombard us every day. Because it is in the act of creation that we recognize our common qualities, the need to be seen and to be heard, the desire to love and to be loved, the urge, however tiny, to make a mark on the world during our short time here, to plant a flag that says, I was here. No one has to read a book to live. No one must watch a dance in order to survive. No one needs to hear Yo-Yo Ma bend a note on his wooden instrument as he finishes up Bach's cello suite number one. Yet it does more for us. It does more for me in my day. It makes me smile with a greater satisfaction. It fills our eyes with light in a way that a new phone, a new outfit, or a new boyfriend cannot. It satisfies something much deeper in us than the acquisitions we make in our lives. To look at art, to experience art, keeps one sane. We marvel at creators. They grasp the fire we all long to grasp. Our urge to create is as old as humans are old as a species. Creating songs or stories or paintings on cave walls lifts us to a place that is exclusively the domain of humankind. It may not be valued now by anyone but you, but make no mistake about its importance in your life. It may be the only thing keeping you attached to this rock. The only act that grounds you in a day filled with distraction and noise and jostling and mindless routine. Designed, really, I believe, designed to numb us to the insanity around us every waking hour. How do we cope with this surfeit, this overload on our senses and on our mind? Steal the time to create. Steal this time for creating until it becomes a part of your everyday. Make the effort required to create. Now, creativity is so broad a term that it can be interpreted to mean any multitude of methods, from playing a song on your spoons alone in your room, to dancing in the street, to singing or rapping your rhymes in a club. Creativity encompasses a broad world of expression, but through it all, there is this sense that the artist needs to be doing this work more than working at a job or chores or obligations at that moment. And somehow, this work is deemed to be, quote, useless, end quote. That ain't making you money. money. How are you going to survive doing that? How many times is <laughs> to the words of my parents ring in my ear? How are you going to make any money doing that? They may be right. But beauty, like virtue, is its own reward. Working towards my own fulfillment is as useful an activity as I can imagine. Oh, I'll go out. I'll make a living for myself. But if I don't have the time to create, if I don't make that time for myself, I don't feel right. Look, I cannot define for you what makes you feel right inside. I know how I feel when I look at something that I have made, what sense of satisfaction and perhaps dissatisfaction that it gives me. But look at what I've done. I want to shout this to the world. Look at what I've done. And if no one applauds, if the world does not notice, then I get to sit back and reflect on what in my piece is done well, what needs fixing, what made me feel good about it, 
because I need to always remind myself that the work is not done for someone else, even a commission or project done for money. It is always done for me to feed my soul, to quiet my voices, to give me the satisfaction of knowing that I created the work from nothing, from my hands and my wits. Let it also be said that I have moments when I deeply doubt my own work, my abilities, and my decisions. My wits someday seem to be named half, dim, and knit. But these moments pass by too. What you create, it must be said, will not look like how you imagined it at first. You will not take the exact form you envisioned when that lightning bolt came out of the sky. <laughs> but that's how it should be. Creation is a mystery. And a great amount of hard work and effort and things happen. Things you don't expect will happen on that road to the end. We strive to do better, to get better. But splashing in its waters without worry about whom we're getting wet is how we stay together. Don't worry about the output. This activity is as vital to our understanding of ourselves as is breathing. Without the soul of art within us, without that understanding, we are without meaning in this world, I think. Without this breath of creativity in us, we are lost in a world gone mad. And, you know, up against the world's new religion of capitalism. Art in its many forms is what makes life worth living. Whether it is your own creative spurt or your appreciation of another's efforts, it is what makes life worth living. That understanding, that moment when you see something and go, oh, that's beautiful. Now, the intention of my book is to nurture those among us who are afraid to try, those who need to be reminded that they are not alone, and for those who are weary of the effort, those who have been trying for years and struggle. This book is for those among us who have been told they have no value. I know that feeling. These essays are for those who feel odd and alone and confused and wonder why they feel so different in a world of sameness and conformity. This book is for those who have been too frightened to speak out loud their fragile ideas to the world. Ideas that they fear are not unique. And guess what? They're right. Most ideas are not unique. They are an amalgam of others' thoughts, tries, failures, cocktails, concoctions, recipes, snippets, samples, stolen moments, shapes seen a zillion times on the way to work on the subway or walking or during your bicycle commute. Is that little slice of sky you get to see with your head pressed against the window before the train goes into that tunnel again. Just that one little moment. And this tiny tremolo of an idea is trying so hard to be heard. This is what has been stacking up inside of you all of these months and letting that idea out, the creation of a great idea, creativity. This is what you're here for because your voice is unique. There is no one else like you. You can't be nervous when you present your stuff as if you're going to be compared to someone else. You can only compare yourself to, your, to yourself. I know, that's, that's simplistic. We, of course, compare ourselves all the time. Oh, look at his work. That's much better. Look at her stuff. It's, she's really, I'm, oh, I'm thinking of someone right now. Her stuff's amazing. But no one else can say it the way you say it or play it like you play it or express it the way you do. And armed with that knowledge, it's easy. It's easy to go out and hard and <laughs> Look, I want to inspire people to take a chance on themselves. They need to understand that a great deal of what the world gives us now is simply distraction. The internet tells us mostly noise. 
whose result is to steal our focus and send us down another rabbit hole and, in the end, sell us stuff. That's what they're doing. The internet has turned into a giant money machine for, for many people. That's what it's about. And I'm here to tell people that we have no time but right now. This is not a dress rehearsal for later when we get our act together. And then I'm going to go back to high school and, and ask that, that gal out, or I'm going to study harder for that one test, or I'm going to do this when I get out of school. And You don't get that second chance. Time slips away from us fast. But if you let go of your fears of failing, your fear that you won't be perfect, you can do this work. Failure is our best teacher. Perfection, that's our enemy. Learn to strive and fail and learn from your mistakes. Learn above all to forgive yourself for your mistakes. I was talking with Joseph in the, in the studio the other day, and then I mentioned it to my, to my students today in class. I said, you know, the, one of the things you have to, to think about is flow. It's, a, it's maybe the most important thing about being in the shop. And, and I get back to uh, the book called Flow by Mihai, Csikszentmihalyi, the psychologist, about that space that you get to when you're, when you're creating or doing something creatively. It could be rock climbing or sculpting, playing music, figuring out how to get a nut off a pipe. You have to be creative about it. If you've ever been stuck <laughs> with a plumbing problem, you know that you have to be thinking creatively. And when it works, it feels great. When you figure something out, I've been moving big chunks of lumber these days, big chunks, you know, 100-pound chunks of 200-pound chunks of lumber, and, and I can't lift them. I separated my shoulder a couple of years ago trying to lift one of these things, and I said, oh, I'm not doing that again. But I know now I can, I can use levers and leverage and a fulcrum point, and I can do all sorts of stuff. I just have to sit down and figure it out. I got to that place by making mistakes. And so flow is, is one aspect, but more important than flow is forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is the most important thing in the shop. Learning to forgive yourself your mistakes because you're going to continue with them. They're a part of being human. You are not perfect. Oops, cat's out of the bag. You're not perfect. Oh, I strive so hard trying to trying to be perfect for my dad. I suck. I wasted so much energy beating myself up. Oh, I couldn't. Well, <laughs> his standards were a little off the charts. Yeah, be perfect. You got an A minus in a, in a class? What? You didn't study hard enough? There was no pleasing him. And uh, I unfortunately adopted that attitude for many, many years, which made it so hard to work with me. I was a pain in the ass to work with. <laughs> Working in the shop with me was tough because my standards were so high, because I wouldn't allow mistakes. I still have a hard time with it. Don't get me wrong. I am still a very loud woodworker, and that's because I'm screaming at myself for another screw-up. But understanding that it is simply a part of being human, the burden lifts from your shoulders. Learn to forgive yourself for your mistakes, your inevitable mistakes, and that worry about what's going to happen. Because that kills, kills what's happening right now. Another precious day is wasted. And there is no time to waste. This creativity stuff is important to me. Uh, I believe in its power. I believe in the power of language to change us. I believe in the value of art and the impact it has on our senses. 
our sense of place in the world, our sense of being in the world, feeling alone, feeling safe, feeling at risk. You are the complete master of your art and an abject slave to it. The complete master of your skills, of my skills, my technique, my abilities, how I practice and use them. And at the same time, I am an abject slave to my emotions and my insecurities and the, my complete and utterly profound confidence that I'm a fool and a minor thinker. And yet this is all I, I have. This is all I have to work with. This is all I got. I have to take this small gift and nurture it the best I can or leave it alone to die by the wayside. And I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that. I would walk the streets of my neighborhood with the beagle. And I saw, this is, this is the truth. I would walk those streets. And his name is all over the streets of Portland. Elwood Wiles. And I'd see Elwood Wiles' name stamped in concrete. Northeast Portland, Southeast Portland, downtown. 1906, 1908, and I made a promise to myself. I said, all right, 2008 or 1908, Elwood Wiles stamped his name in this concrete. He was a contractor. He poured cement. I used to pour cement. And I said, by God, by 2008, I'm going to be doing this work that I want to be doing. And it was writing and, and, and doing more work at the bench, but in a different way. But the writing part of it was really big. And I did. Uh, it took that goal really made a difference for me. And I, I don't know what it is for you, but I know that I had to turn myself to do that creative work because time's running out. I've spent years not doing the work, not paying attention to the voices in my head, filled with all the insecurities about, oh, it's not good enough, it's not this. Having people say, say to your face, oh, well, you're not really an artist, you're a furniture maker. Okay, I have the only voice just like mine, and I'm the only one who can tell this story, just like you. In this time, our work, our occupation, the effort we make in every day consumes us. To find the time to create, you know, when I get a break, maybe on the weekends, when I feel better, it doesn't occur. I've had students say to me, you know, I really want to take classes, but I'm so busy. When things let up, and I write back and I say, Things will never let up. They will never let up. You have to make it. You have to make the time. You have to be selfish. One has to be regular and habitual about creating. One has to do this more than anything else. It has to be done. Like my stretches in the morning, I have to write. Because the purveyors of our content, of our cell phones, of our videos and movies, want us to stay hungry for more content. They have fashioned a drug that we love, that constantly wants renewing. Look at that screen. Look at that screen. Look at that screen. In, the, in my text, here's the, here's the line. I had a prospective student write me once to postpone his enrollment in a class. He penned, I look forward to hopefully signing up for a master class in the spring when work calms down. And I replied to him, it has been my experience that work never calms down. One must ignore it. Good luck. The product of creative time is real, sometimes tangible. And this is another reason to be creative. It flies in the face of what most people do in a day. And at the end of that day, have nothing to show for it. Creative work can be touched, seen, smelled, perhaps, listened to, tasted. Work created by artists has heft, stain power, 
influence, even if it's brief, this effect can last a lifetime for you. Like all the ones and o's we type in daily in fast pursuit of a digital timeline, this creative work has substance. It can be seen or heard or read as real and with an impact on yourself. At the end of the day, to be able to say, this is what I have done today. This is what I accomplished. Look at it. It's not done yet, but make progress. That's a great feeling. Creativity resides inside of you. It's a, it's a fact. It's a truth. No one will help you find that time you need or allow you the freedom to create either. You must free yourself to do this work. And if you do, it will satisfy something in you like few other endeavors can. Be selfish. Steal your time for yourself, for your art. And every day try to be creative. Carve out space for this work. In whatever endeavor you engage in, use your creativity. Make something of each day. Learn to create something useless and beautiful. Invest in something important. Invest in yourself. Yeah. But this is what is going through my head, and so I thought I'd share it with you. Thanks. Thanks very much if you stuck this out. I appreciate that. Support me on coffee. Appreciate that. And uh, stay tuned. I'm going to talk about some nuts and bolts about creativity that I think will help you. I'll do that here on the podcast. And one day I hope to have this book published. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Take care of others. Be good. Do good work. Bye-bye. Thank you.